Yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. You know, is it scientifically proven that this is the sports cast they always wanted? Mm-hmm. Have we surveyed the people? Well, see, the thing is, we're talking about you, and you can mean anybody. True. So, if we, all, if we do actually have to have some sort of... Uh, I don't know. Author, not authorization, but uh, substantiation. That's a good way to put it. Substantiate substantiation to the claim. Oh, I still don't think I said it right. Um, no, you got <laughs> it. You got there. <laughs> uh, that's the voice of Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo, as Jimmy's looking through laundry, <laughs> he's like, okay, what yo, so doing? what happens is I put the glass of water on my desk and it sweats everywhere. So I need to put something down so that there's Almost no. like you need a metal shaker to keep it non-sweaty but cold it's in the car it's in the car almost like there's an invention called a coaster you know it's not the 80s dustin why don't i get an ashtray made of crystal to put next to it grandma wood table you don't want rings on it yeah just let me you know what let me give you a call to discuss on my rotary phone the doily did you hand knit that shit (laughs) Remember when doilies were on every table of every house you went to as a kid? Do you remember when doilies were like the number one craft item in like kindergarten when you were a kid? Uh, I bought a different kind of coffee table recently where James had seen this, where it's just like a lift top coffee table. It's pretty fucking cool. And like, so one portion of it lifts towards you and then the other one kind of lifts off to the side. So it lifts in two different directions. Anyways, because of that, there's like a splice, like right down, not the middle, but like, I guess a three quarter mark. And when my mother saw it, she's like, I can knit you a doily for that. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Yo, shout How, out to, why would you turn that Perry. down? That's because awesome. I'm, why am I, I'm not going to use a doily. No, because it adds some class to your, your place. My place does not need class. You got enough with yourself there. Oh, no, it has none. So like, <laughs> just a little bit of class would just throw it's the not, whole Not going to make a dent. Off. Not going to make a no. dent. <laughs> He's too far up, in, in the hallway, right? Yeah. He's too far in debt of class that yeah. he, it wouldn't. That's like not paying your, your, uh, your interest on your credit card. It's like, eh, you need to at least oh. get to this level to make a dent. Honestly, that, oh, I credit, like, dude. Honestly, I try to avoid using credit sometimes because like it can get out of hand quick. But then like when you're planning a vacation and you're just like, oh, we'll throw on the credit card, worry about it later. And I got like my statement the other day. I was like, Jesus, fuck. Worry about it later is the worst thing. Yeah. Debt free is the way to be. Worry about it yeah. later is the worst statement because it's yeah. so easy, right? It's just so easy to be like, oh, let's fucking figure it out in three months. Exactly. I hate that. That's. I only use credit for like three things: going out to dinner. Um, Is that so you can groceries. look tough? <laughs> Let's just put it on the card. No, because I still have my TD Green Visa from when I was eighteen. <laughs> that looks real tough. It's not even yeah. points. It's just... Just... <laughs> and I work for the fucking company too. You know how embarrassing that is. Everyone's like, we get great rates on the travel aeroplane visa or on the TD rewards. <laughs> we get great rates. I'm like, TD Green Visa, student entry level. Let's go. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> and good. the funny thing is, is like, the rates we get are 
really, really good for the incentive. You know how it's like 130 bucks a year for certain cards. Yeah. Like the rates we get for those are the whatever. And I, I always get asked every time I call for something like, would you like to? I was like, no, nah, I'm good. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. Well, I hope all of you are good as well, because we got a very fun episode for you today. I was going to say this afternoon, but like you could be listening to this in the morning for all I know. Actually, I know a lot of people do listen to it in the morning, like the very next day. And we thank you for doing that, for downloading immediately and listening immediately. Oh, yeah. Go, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I do know a couple of people who will message me at like 11 o'clock the next day. They're like, I listen to it on my way to work or when I'm at the gym. And, you know, they're saying the intro kind of makes them laugh, gets them going. And then it helps them kind of, I guess, almost discuss the sports topics that we talk about in their own head with us kind of thing. Right. So it's pretty cool. And I guess that's uh, only when James posts the episode on time. Shut the fuck. Listen, if you, <laughs> you guys are welcome to contribute at any time. Hey, 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 hey. Dustin just has to host, okay? Like, I have to realize times of when to get clips or when to post. I got to get better with social media, to be honest. Yeah, you got to start posting on X. Yeah. Because I'm so disappointed today. And I know I'm supposed to be getting into the topics of conversation. But I'm so disappointed today that no one, at least I haven't seen it yet, uh, any of the X going to give it to you clips. Oh, that's just like, I made that. I made that post. I, I, I okay. quoted, yeah, the C, okay, I'm going to tell you. So the CEO, I'll see if I can find it. It's going to take a Dude, second. The CEO, a you mean the CEO of X. Yeah, the CEO as he looks for this, it's so she the goes, dumbest fucking thing ever. <laughs> she goes, it's an exceptionally rare thing in life or in business that you get a second chance to make another big impression. Twitter made one massive impression, now change the way we communicate. X will go further, transforming the global town square. It'll create marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect us in ways we're just beginning to imagine. So I quote tweeted her and I said, so are you saying X, go and give it to you? <laughs> there it is. Yeah, okay. All right. But That's no well one, like no one, I'm pretty sure that my, my, okay. Shadow I don't even know how to say this anymore. It's not my Twitter. It's, do I say my X? Oh, no. And right? the best part is, is now videos on there are going to be called X videos, but they can't. Because X already has X-Videos. a trademark, and they can't actually clear the name of X Corporation in Japan because X Japan, which is the, what they would have to call it, is already owned by somebody. <laughs> well, on my social media account, formerly known the social media account formerly known as Twitter, uh, I'm pretty sure it's suppressed. I'm pretty sure my stuff's suppressed. Well, okay, so here's the thing: because I'm not paying for a it's- blue check mark. Is it any different than when Facebook is like, hey, so going forward, we're called Meta? And. Yeah, it's very different. Oh, yeah, because, because, like, when no, I. No, he can to, name I, the just parent has, corporation. Yeah, he X. named the parent company as Meta. So everything under the umbrella is Meta. So Meta is now the. Um, like, the, the conglomerate of all of their I items. That. So right. what I'm saying is, like, if I go to x.com right now, oh, it goes to Twitter. Okay, never mind. <laughs> like, what happens? It does go to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. But it's still called twitter.com. For now, but, but if you look on the left. Is gone, but it's just an X. Yeah, it's, yeah, more it's so stupid. But, like, what he wants is one, like, global platform for everything. Video, payments, interaction, like, everything he, like, everything. And, like, if people think he bought Twitter for... 
like they're like why did he buy it to rebrand it whatever what people don't understand is do you know how hard it is to start something new and grow to a 400 gajillion user base like he didn't buy an app he bought customers like he bought yeah. he bought a community is what he bought so now when he changes it to whatever he wants he already has 400 people logged in ready to go which is actually as much as i think sometimes he's a moron, million is re- really smart in in that regard like he tried to turn paypal into x and they were like you're fucking crazy you're out <laughs> like the kenny powers you're fucking out and he got kicked out of paypal I, I I just don't think that for something like this if that would work because if you if Twitter just started a year and a half two years ago and had traction and was the only thing there and he picked it up from there and then cool it's had like ten years if yeah not it's a little more. baked it's a little baked I think it's weird like I don't think people are gonna stop calling them tweets I think people are just gonna stop calling it Twitter or tweets tomorrow because it's got no. some weird fucking X no they'll clown hmm. on it mostly. We still don't really know what to call our threads. Like, I threaded. Yeah. That's true. I guess he's posted. Uh, Nevertheless. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays in Seattle. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is quickly approaching, and there's some interesting angles with Shohei Otani. Then, of course... We, we alluded to this happening eventually, and it has finally happened. Ilya Samsonov has signed a one-year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs for about the exact same amount of money that we said he would sign for. Speaking of contracts and uh, big pay raises, Killian Mbappe. I don't know if it's Killian or Kalian. I think it's Killian. Regardless, Killian Mbappe is going to get an obscene amount of money from Saudi Arabia if he ends up going. And then if we have time, which I think we will, we're going to discuss some time machine sports. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, let's discuss what has been going on in our lives. I know we just went on a bit about X and how X is going to give it to you, but I do want to know what James did this past weekend or this past week. Uh, I watch. Okay, so I didn't do too much, but I did watch the show Platonic with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne on Apple TV. Oh, I was going to say, I haven't heard of this, and that's why I haven't heard of this. Okay. It's I, good. I, I've seen the trailers, and the trailers turned me off of it. I was like, I have no desire to watch this. It's pretty good. I mean, I, I generally like Seth Rogen, and him and Rose Byrne were funny in Neighbors. So it kind of reunites. Apparently, they're buds, which is like a weird. I guess it's this weird seeing them as friends on screen as it is they would be in real life but uh i thought the show was good it was a lot of fun and then everyone keeps telling me to watch the bear and yes like yeah this guy yes <laughs> um so that might be next on the docket but uh, we i just kind of look at and then silo i hear people saying i should watch silo um i can't so. get entourage out of my head though when i hear that because that was the movie or whatever that um fuck that billy walsh was turned in that book and he rewrote it as silo so anytime i hear any kind of media or show or movie silo i just i go back to entourage (laughs) and then that's about it man i've been just plugging away at fucking work and shit that's that's life man i'm an old man i just go work get my hands dirty come home i'm an old man i'm for the sore back (laughs) bruh Sword back, you sit in a chair. Waiting for the big piece of chicken, you know? 
Wait, the big piece of chicken? <laughs> it was an, an old, old Chris, uh, Chris. Was it Chris Rock? Bigger and blacker. Yeah, old Chris Rock oh. sketch. Was, about, it, was um, it bigger and blacker, or was it the one that came out? Never after? scared. Yeah, it was one of them anyway. Um, basically, that like dad deserves the big piece of chicken kind of thing at the table. Oh right, okay, I remember that bit. Yeah, it was a good bit. Conveniently remembers it now that we're like, yeah, bigger and blacker. The and heyday saying, of yeah, comedy, man. Dude, that was the heyday of comedy. Like, people say comedy is yeah. good today. Like, back in, in the er, mid no, to mid late... Seven, mid-70s up to, like, the mid-late 90s. Yeah, but no, I mean, even, like, from 2007 to 2012, I think, like, the Chris Rock, uh, the 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 peak Dave Chappelle, like, Chappelle oh, show. Is, yeah, when Dave Chappelle was at his height, it yes. was pretty great. I remember man, you go back. being at that apartment in Lindsay and just laughing so yeah. hard. We were crying at, at Chappelle uh, show. yeah, Chappelle show and Chris Rock's bigger and blacker just dying. Um, I, I just also think like you go back to like the Eddie Murphy days though. Uh, and oh, George sure. Carlin. Like, yeah. Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, um, Robin Williams stand up was yeah. legendary shit. But like even, even, like Dane Cook was at peak. I, I saw him at uh, ACC, and it was, it was yeah. insane. Like he was like a rock star. He sold out, fucking like Scotiabank Arena, which Scotiabank now, and now he's playing Casino Rama. But it was wild. Like he, it was the amount of people that would go to his shows. Yeah, he comedy, comedy's dead now, right? Like you can't, you can't make jokes without getting fucking canceled. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Matt Reif. Matt Reif or Andrew Schultz. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think even Bill Burr gets away with it too. Just but he comes at it from his... a common sense perspective, right? Yeah. And I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the whole like baking the cake thing with Bill Burr is fucking hilarious. But like, yeah. like if someone like that's just the wrong person sees it and then all of a sudden they're, he's like, he'll never work ever again. Right. It's just. But do you the think. Way do you think there's some comedians I don't say uncancelable because like that's obviously not a word but do you know what I mean that there's some guys that it's they can toe that line now still and get away with it guys like Chappelle guys like Bill Burr and shit like that where they can get away with it people try to cancel Chappelle right right but unless it's something like egregious like if you because there's certain things that are off limits I think that are just no question given time like I, I'm just See, not going to go into the content of what it is, but you there certain amount of time for certain things has to pass before things are allowed fair. to be joked about. So, you know, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think you're right. It's just it's it's an invisible line, right? Like yeah. it's hard to determine where that yeah. is. And when I think that people is. pick and choose. I think the people who get can't like or have weaker status and then certain like and then they attack them because it's an easy victory right like i think that's kind of how it goes like matt rife tickets are like a gajillion dollars because he's super high yeah. in demand right i tried to go i tried to get tickets and it was like 250 and sold out instantly for right. he, it both shows insane and like and so like and that that, that says that i don't know if i don't know if it's uncancelable i just think you're they're above Maybe it There's is. like an understanding, like this is what you do. It's not coming from a place of malice, so they'd be like, "We'll just let it go," kind of thing. So let me give you some context for this: the Dave Chappelle thing. So Dave Chappelle had like a stand-up uh, thing on Netflix, Netflix recently, yeah. right? Yeah. And 
It wasn't even remember. comedy, though. It was like, more like yes, just a conversation, true. right? Yeah. And I so what, one of my issues was when he was getting like quote unquote canceled. I was like, I missed it. Like I, I watched the thing and I didn't even hear what was so fucking offensive. And it wasn't until someone like said, Oh, go to this clip and listen to that. I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess like that might offend someone if you're like in that group of people. Fuck, I don't know. Like it, I, I I didn't it, like I glossed right over it. I didn't even think two seconds about it. Anyways. Um, be careful saying that though, because people will say that's your right. ignorance that are ca- is causing the lack of <laughs> probably sure. right or my lack of empathy or something, and we yeah. get canceled or some shit. Like I don't know, man. Anyway, so it was a good year. The, <laughs> if we had a good year. <laughs> so the uh, the criticism was that he was transphobic or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. And then there was he had like a show coming up at Scotiabank Arena, and. So here's the, the two sides of it, of like Scotiabank Arena, every, t- every single event you go there to go there for Leafs game, Raptors game, whatever, they always play this thing before, like everyone's welcome here at Scotiabank Arena, right? And this whole big like three minute monologue of here's our terms and conditions, here's what we expect from our fans when they enter this building, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this guy who's making alleged transphobic jokes. And it's like, well, what? Well, but how? How come the fans are told this thing, but then you allow this act in here? But, you know, it's like, hmm, I, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not well, saying... The right like, answer I'm is there's, I think the right answer is there's, there has to be a line between intent and comedy, right? Like, comedy it isn't necessarily... Isn't necessarily... And again, there's jokes that are meant to hurt and jokes that are meant just to be funny and laugh at. And I think the the intent behind what's being said needs to be, you know, uh, I think context is everything, right? So I think that's the point. And I, I would imagine that all the, a lot of these people who make jokes, like I'm sure, and I'm not the biggest Matt Ray fan, but I'm sure this guy has no problems with anybody. Like I'm I 100% would believe that that's the case. They're not out here spewing like burn the books, you know, the enslaved people learned something from slavery. Like, if you're going to point at comedy, then you should need to point at Ron DeSantis for trying to put that into the education system in Florida, right? Like, that's that's kind of, you know, the thing. So, I don't know. I just, I don't think... Uh, it's comedy so hard, man. The, like, it the is. line is... Yeah. Is, but I, you know... Even like I was listening it's, to Chris, Chris D'Elia the other day, and he, he was talking about not the other day, but a while ago. And he was talking about like their jobs as comedians are to push the line and find out where it is, right? Right. So my yeah, my whole thing with comedy, sorry, is honestly, if you find something offensive and say, "Well, no, you can't joke about that, you can't laugh at that," then you essentially can't laugh at anything else that might be pejorative or kind of. Because it could offend somebody somewhere. Something. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's it's similar to the the whole thing with South Park when Isaac Hayes quit because they're making fun of Scientology. And it's like, you're okay with them making fun of Mormons and Christianity and shit like this. But the second it comes to yours, you're like, no, no, that's off limits. And there's like, no, you can't do that. They're a perfect example of, of something that's stood and continues to make fun of everything yep. and moves beyond it. So Right. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say too. Where South Park has always had the opinion that either we can make fun of everything or we can't make fun of anything. Like they're 
it's everything either everything's on the table or nothing's on the table like the once right. you start picking and choosing it it then it starts becoming a problem but then it's an but agenda if, right exactly so anyways no i'm done <laughs> I, I i honestly don't know how we got there but i will say i honestly don't know either. i can't remember we can go back and listen to it later oh yeah um as i know like you said you're not a fan of matt rife essentially or, or not essentially you're necessarily a big fan like there's things you probably see you're like oh that's kind of funny but you don't seek them out i will say i found him just through like random clips and i was like he's like i found him entertaining like the interactions that he has with crowds is what i saw more than like his routine so mm-hmm. but the dude sold out both shows like instantly is he playing a big venue like what uh i think it's I think if it's like two sold out shows at massey hall it's like all right well fuck that's actually fine defense. i guess but if it's two sold out shows at the rogers center then it's like okay this guy's like taylor swift level but <laughs> i don't see hall it is massey hall it's like okay whatever <laughs> still no but still that's pretty good for a dude it's not fucking yuck yucks, dude <laughs> what does massey hall hold like two thousand people twenty five hundred people hold two <laughs> 20 like you know so i i honestly the way the way i look at it though is for a guy that kind of really blew up in the past year to do that two night or four shows two nights and the dude was literally gap toothed on wild and out like three years ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. right he got went got his teeth fixed you know got the dent put in the dental work and left wild and out now look at him growth massey hall has a capacity of 2752 people that's so. pretty good good on him I, listen i'm not trying to rip on the guy like i <laughs> drew more show every time drew more I'm, than we ever did <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably drawing more in one weekend that smash wrestling drew in like an entire year's worth of shows so there you go so again no hate on the guy and every time i'm on tiktok and i come across one of his videos where he's like trying to hit on some milf or something it's fucking hilarious so <laughs> That's the same. I'm sure we saw the same clip. <laughs> oh, that that one had to have like millions and millions yeah. of views. If yeah. you know, so if you don't know who we're talking about, you've seen the clip of the comedian who's like hitting on the girl, and then she's like a mom, and then she has a daughter, and she shows a picture of her daughter and the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So it is very funny. Yeah. Maddie, what about you? What did I do? I don't know, man. I. All right. No, honestly, like, I'm trying to. Oh, <laughs> all right, my weekend. No, honestly, I said this before and I say it again. Fucking K dramas get me, man. Like Korean dramas. My wife and me hammered out one in like three days last week. And for those who know, Korean dramas aren't just. They're like an hour and a half each episode. They're movies. Like every yes. episode is a movie, and it's fantastic. And it's I usually like it. one season, yep. and that one season will have twenty episodes. Right. So we watched one called Celebrity, which is essentially like a Gossip Girl-esque type show. But the way that it worked was it's about this girl who is kind of nobody who becomes the biggest social media influencer, which they term e-celebs in Korea. And so the show starts where she's doing a live stream, kind of telling everyone how it worked and like the ins and outs of this world and how like dark and backstabby it is. But then you find out that everyone's freaking out because she's supposed to be dead. So they're like, how is she alive? How is she doing this live stream? So it's kind of like a murder mystery slash gossip girl type thing. It's, it was really good. Um, and then we just started a new one the other day. And it's just, 
I don't know why they're just entertaining. They're very good at just hooking you and, you know, making them just fun. I don't know. It's weird. So, but yes, I'm watched a lot of K dramas in the past like week and slash weekend. And it's, uh, I don't know. And then also just getting ready for Ireland next week, flying out on Friday night at five o'clock, going to the motherland and, you know, kind of, it, it, it's cool because I've gone to Korea twice and we'll be going a third time in April and May. And, you know, obviously that's where my wife's from. And, you know, a lot of, we see her family when we're there and she's been there a lot over her life and spent a lot of time there, obviously. So it's cool that we're going somewhere that's like my heritage. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, she's never been to Ireland and she's traveled a lot. And then, you know, taking the kid on her first trip there to something that's her heritage. It's just, it'll be cool. I'm excited. Are you still learning Korean or? Yes, I am. How's that going? It's good. Um, I'm hoping to be essentially conversational and functional in the world by the time we go next time because i know yeah, that's like april or it's like your target then yeah because there's going to be days where she's like i'm going to be with my family and then myself and friends are going to go off and do other stuff just because she's like i don't want to have me just sit there while her family's all like doting on the kid and you know whatever so my hope is to be functional by then so that I can just survive in Seoul, which I can kind of do now because I know most of the districts and I can just say, I need to get here. Or I need to get here. But um, to be able to like order food or say, hey, I'm looking for this or something like it would be a lot better. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was my week. I'm just excited for Ireland. The funny thing is, though, a little funny story about the whole Irish trip. My wife is like a big planner and she's a big foodie. So she's like finding all these food places to go. She does not like potato. And I'm like, you are so screwed going to Ireland. To the meat and potato capital of the world. <laughs> pretty much. Like all the dishes are like, oh, it's a potato bake with this and this. Or yeah. it's a potato this with this and this. And she's just, I'll try it. Like it's not that she hates potato. It's just not her thing where I love every form of potato. Right. So it's, uh, no, it'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited. And the weather there, it's like 16 degrees. I'm so happy. Ugh. Get me the fuck out of this heat. It's going to be 40 degrees here the day we fly out. So I'm okay with that. No, absolutely not. That's because that's that's your thing, though. Like you, you guys like that heat. Like a bunch of those people are like, don't complain about the summer. If you bitched in the winter, I "I don't complain in the winter. So I'll complain about the heat all I want. I complain in the winter and I'm very okay with the heat (laughs) until like last year when I went to Disney World in July and I was like, okay, this is fucking hot so you want to be there now with those heat waves going through the states i mean so what i ended up doing last year when i was in disney world like i turned into like a mexican all of a sudden where i was taking siestas in the afternoon <laughs> like we would go early in the morning to the parks and then like one o'clock i go back to my room and just lay in the ac and under the ceiling fan and just take a nap for two or three hours and then go back to the parks in the evening because this is way too fucking hot in the middle of the day so now I understand siestas. Like I never understood that culture why they did that in the southern parts of the world. But now it makes total fucking sense. Like you just let can't me, work. It's hot. Let me guess. You've adopted it now in your normal day to day life. Well, I don't tell my boss that. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've there's been days where I've messaged my boss. I mean, like I, 45 minutes. Like I'll eat lunch at like 12:30, and I'll be 
you know, one to one forty five or something. And I'll be like, this is my lunch break. I'm I'm going down for an hour or so. <laughs> Your right. So my weekend, I have a, a few things on here. I guess I'm going to fly through some of this. So first of all, um, I think I've quit MLB the show this year. What? So every year this happens, like it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm no longer playing this game. I'll just pick it up when the next one st- comes out. Cause I put in like so much hours into so many hours, I should say into MLB the show, but two things have happened. One, I usually use this as an indicator of when it's time to hang it up. And I'm like, this is too- I just can't play this game anymore. One, when a blue Jay card becomes unobtainable, and they had two of them in the same week. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. Because I always like try to get every, every Blue Jays card. I may not be able to get every card in the game. That's fine. I'll collect as many as I can. But I definitely want to get every Blue Jays card. But then what they did was Vladdy won the home run derby. So he became the rarest of rare uh, all-star game cards. That is going to cost you like 600,000 stubs to get them. So I'm like, well, fuck it. That's... That's never going to happen. So that's one. And then they had a Bo Bichette all-star card come out. That was like a 99 all overall Bo Bichette that you can only get in a perfect BR run. Now, if you don't know what BR is, if you never play MLB The Show, it's their Battle Royale function, but it's nothing like a Battle Royale you ever heard of. It's nothing like Fortnite or anything. It basically gives you a list of players you can draft. So it kind of levels the playing field of who you're playing online. Like you're all drafted from the same pools of players. Like you can only have two diamonds on your team and four golds and X silvers, whatever. And you have to win 12 straight games against online against random people. 12, go 12 and 0. And then you can get that Boba Shek card. Um, I had never play BR, but when I do, I don't think I ever get more than one win in a row, let alone 12. So anyways, that card is now unobtainable, so I said, "Fuck it, I'm never coming back." And I just saw a, tw- uh, I just saw an X on X that there is uh, the Extreme program coming out in MLB The Show, which is fucking painful. I don't ever want to have to go through Extreme ever again. And the Extreme programs in the past has been stuff like play as Ken Griffey Jr. and hit five home runs in one game. Like what? <laughs> Excuse me. Difficulty down, bud. No. Difficult is on All-Star or like whatever the highest difficulty is, like Legend or something. Like it's intended to be extreme, like almost impossible to do. Like so, Joey Styles. And I think last year in the extreme program, if they're like some years they don't do an extreme program. But anyways, there was one year where I think there was like a Blue Jays card tied into the extreme program. I was like, fuck this. Like <laughs> this is, I think it was uh, Nate Pearson, actually. There was like a future stars Nate Pearson card who threw like 105 miles per hour and you have to like try to hit that guy on all-star difficulty or whatever difficulty it was doesn't matter anyway so i'm done with that will be the show and i'm also glad to say that i have finally rolled credits on jedi survivor oh nice yeah i know yeah maddie's trying to do a slow clap for me but no i'm doing a shrug oh okay because i i i i'm in the middle of the first one right like fallen order it's fine, but I, I didn't find the story as gripping as what other people did. And I'm a Star Wars head, you mm. know? So, I don't know. Is it better story-wise than the first one? No. 
<laughs> I think the first story is probably better. Um, but it's not necessarily about the story for me. Whereas the, the gameplay is just so fun. Just so yeah. incredibly fun. Like the lightsabers and the different ways you can use a lightsaber. So minor spoiler for the second game. But like you don't just have a regular lightsaber. You can also have two lightsabers if you want. Or you can have like the dual bladed Darth Maul lightsaber if you want. Or you can have a Kylo Ren lightsaber. Um, and you like you can change your they call stances. So you have up to two stances. Like Shicho, shit like that. Do they name them properly from Star Wars lore? They call it like blade, dual blade, and dual saber. <laughs> so no, they don't. Because there's actual saber forms. There's like eight saber forms that are in Star Wars lore that you can like alternate to that are based on like your in you know Jedi generally become proficient in one or two of them but you kind of go through them and some are more defensive some are more offensive some are more to well, interweave the use of the force in your combat and stuff. so that's exactly what it is they just didn't name it that way that's well, so, so like, fucking stupid every single one of the stances has a different skill tree that you can build out so if you gave me the Kylo Ren lightsaber right now, I'd be fucking useless. But if you give me the Darth Maul lightsaber, I'm lighting motherfuckers up. Or the other one I have is the, uh, it's called the blaster stance. So you have a blaster and you have a single blade. So you're alternating between shooting dudes and slashing dudes. It's, it is so much fun. And when you get towards the end and you have like super powerful force abilities, I'm just walking into rooms. So now, okay. Let's back up a second, because like it through the story, as you're playing some of the bosses, I'm getting my teeth kicked in like it's it's bad. And there's some like super powerful bosses and it makes sense why they're super powerful. Anyways, then you go back into the world and you start like running into some droids or stormtroopers. I'm just force pulling dudes and stabbing them in the stomach and just ripping dudes arms off and stuff like this is violent and amazing. Like you can just grab a droid and force choke it to pieces like it yeah. is fucking cool, man. As you should so, as you know, with the force. Right. Anyways, my game of the year so far, will it be my game of the year by the end of the year? Probably not a fucking chance because I'm sure, uh, I was going to say cyberpunk. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Starfield is going to probably take that spot or, um, the new Mario might take the, I think Mario is coming out this year, right? The new 2d kind of Mario, whatever it is. I think that has a chance too because I think that'll be a, a ton of fun. I'll Anyways. say this as as a dude who like likes the Fallen Order and Survivor games, but then you're like self admittedly don't play any Souls like games. It's very odd. Yeah, I mean, I think it it really is the IP what it comes down to. Yeah, which now you just piss me oh. off from that game. <clears throat> those those Star Wars games aren't punishing either. They're not there to punish you. Well, okay, so and, and not in the sense of like a Dark Souls, no. There are times in that game where it is incredibly fucking hard. And I, what I usually end up doing, I just go into the menu and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put the difficulty right down to story and I'm going to beat this thing up and I'm going to move on. I will give it a shot for like 20, 30 minutes. But if I'm still just getting just pounded, I'm like, this is not fun anymore. So then I just turn the difficulty down. I get through it and I move on with the game. Like, I put 80 hours into this game and I'm still probably going to continue grabbing like all the collectibles and stuff. I'll probably be over 100 hours in this game by the time I'm done with it. It probably would have been 150 if I would have stuck with the difficulty I was on trying to defeat some of the... And I'm, I'm trying not to name who the bosses are because I think it's a fun reveal when you get to it. But not want to name names. 
I don't want to name names. I will name the two movies I saw this weekend, though, and that Barbie was Barbie and, Oppen- and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. You were so he had one ticket to Barbie, please. One ticket to Oppenheimer, please. I did on separate days. I went Friday night to see Barbie, and then Sunday afternoon I saw Oppenheimer. Quick reviews: Barbie, fun movie. Um, there is a, there's a particular song in that movie that came up like two or three times in the movie. Like they're really hitting on this song, which is fucking hilarious. And I forgot the song existed, and I also forgot that I know every word to this song. So Barbie Girl Aqua. It, no, it was Matchbox Twenty. What, okay. There it is. I didn't want to ruin it, but uh, uh, I don't think it's, it's really ruining. It's not, but it's a fun moment in the movie. Like, like there's a like a instrumental portion of that song used as a score earlier in the movie, and I'm like, is that fucking push by Matchbox Twenty? And then it comes back later with them like playing it on the beach, and it's like every Ken in the movie playing it on the beach at the same time. It is amazing. So. <laughs> There are so many fun moments in that movie, but also I think it totally falls apart at the end. Um, James, I guess you saw the movie. You didn't know, so you just know the song was in there. Okay. Um, it, it definitely falls apart at the end, almost to a point where like, I feel like the writers knew it fell apart at the end. Um, like and I, I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, like, like there's literally a scene where they go up to Margot Robbie and they're, they're like, all right, what's next? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if they had any idea how to uh, wrap that movie up. I also think it was very clever and subtle during the majority of the movie. And at the end, they're like, okay, remember subtlety? We're throwing that out the window. And now we're just going to um, do beat a, you over the head with it. Yeah, we're going to beat you over the head with a two minute monologue. I'm like, I get it. I'm a guy. You hate me. I, <laughs> I get it. Can we? I'm in the principal's office right now. I get it. I've been in the principal's office this entire movie. I understand. But. Maybe that subtlety was thrown away because there are some people who don't pick up on subtlety and they don't get like what the movie's trying to say. But anyways, Oppenheimer was, oh boy, it's uh, it's an experience. All right. So there's no real spoilers for Oppenheimer because it's based off history. So we know how it goes, right? The one comment my friend said is it's disturbing in a way, not like Joker was, but in a way that seeing how terrible we are as humanity throughout that kind of movie and what they did. He's like, it's just, it, it kind of makes you look back and be like, we're shitheads. It does. But at the same time, you also understand you're like, so I guess the crux of it is like, okay, we figured it out. We know how to make this bomb. And they're like, great, we're going to drop it on Japan. It's like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we need to like, like give this information to everybody. Now we all know, we all know like whatever we can work together. Cause at the time, like Russia and the United States were obviously aligned and they're like, no, we can't tell the Russians this. Cause like once this war is over, they are going to war with the Russians. <laughs> so it's like, but they're allies right now, but we're fucked if they know how to make this bomb. And, and look where like, we are today. Cause that's exactly what's happened. Everyone essentially has their finger on the trigger with their nuclear weapons because of this essentially. Yeah. Right. So but yeah, and anyway, sorry, go ahead and continue your review of. Quick review of Oppenheimer. It was an experience. Was it a great movie? Not really. I mean, it's, it's fine. I, I love Christopher Nolan movies, and this wouldn't be in my top three. Really? Christopher Nolan movies, probably not in my top five. Interesting. What's your top, that, five, Nolan? top five Nolan? Top, so number one, The Prestige. Number two, Interstellar. 
Number three, The Dark Knight. Then I really like Memento, and I really like Following. Although Following probably doesn't deserve to be in that list. I just really like that movie. So maybe it's five, but I mean, Batman Begins is really fucking good. Dark Knight, in, in no particular order. Dark Knight, Inception, Interstellar, um, Tenant. I really, really enjoyed Tenant. I like the way it kind of worked, and the reveal at the end of Tenant was really good. And yeah, probably Memento. It's funny, like Dunkirk's okay, not so on the fact there. That you ha- Dunkirk's a great movie. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed Dunkirk way more than I enjoyed this movie. Because again, like I feel like, like you were saying, like this movie is just a historical event, right? It's, it's not, it's not really like something you can be on a ride of the story, of like oh, what's going to happen? Like you kind of know what's happening. You're just experiencing the event of the happening. Yeah. Um, oh, and everyone in the movie is incredible. Like so, the acting is fantastic. It's everything is just perfect. It's a great film. It's just, is it that enjoyable? Like no. Right? Of this and Barbie, what would I watch again? I watch Barbie again for sure. Because it's a more fun thing to do. Well, it doesn't make you like think or as much or kind of get you to a spot of like, oh, that was dour. So. Oppenheimer, fine. Barbie, fine. <laughs> and it's fine in different ways. I think it's the best way to put it. Um, what else we got on the list? Oh, Canusa Classic was this past weekend. And I just want to say the coolest thing about Canusa Classic that happened this week. And if you don't know what Canusa Classic is, it's an all girls wrestling show where uh, like it's a team of Canadians versus a team of Americans. Okay. Canusa can USA. The coolest thing about it um, during intermission, I was just kind of walking around and I saw a dad with his two daughters just walking like back to their seats. I'm like that's the coolest thing right there. Like that's why it's important. Um, there's plenty of times where I complain about the girls shows because I feel like there's a lot of creepy dudes that come out to those girls shows. But at the same time, there's also plenty of, young girls that are influenced by seeing a show like this, that it's, that it's possible. So that's, what's cool about that show. And that's why I'm glad we are able to do it when we can. I'm also glad that the blue Jays end up in Seattle at least once a year. (laughs) And I say that just because it's a cool thing to see on TV that they're not in the Rogers center, but boy, does it sound like they are. Yeah. It's similar to more, more Jays fans than Mariners fans. It absolutely is. At least it sounds that way. And it's kind of similar to when they go down to Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh's only a four-hour drive from here. And Pittsburgh has, you know, historically been a horseshit baseball team. So there's always tickets available at a decent price. So it's cool to see when the Blue Jays roll into Seattle, although they have an awful record in Seattle. It's really bad. And especially when you're looking across the field and you see Teoscar Hernandez there driving in runs to win games, and you're like, motherfucker, <laughs> that's just, uh, this, is not, this is not the way this is supposed to go. But what I did also find funny, and I shared it with you guys earlier this week, which is now, I guess, on X. Uh, it was an X that I sent to you guys on X, and the X uh, showed pictures of the store in... I was going to call it Safeco Field. It's not called Safeco Field anymore. Whatever the new uh, ballpark is, or the new name of the ballpark in Seattle is. And they have like an entire, I shouldn't say section, but there's a, a rolled out rack that has Blue Jays t-shirts of different players and different colors. It's, it's 
I don't think I've ever seen this before. And in a way, in a way, teams merchandise in their home clubs store. Like that's very strange. Smart. Eat your pride. Get that money. I heard the players complained about it, which is weird to me. Like that's <laughs> it's a little bit of insecurity if you're complaining. Like in I don't know what they get cut. To. I don't know if it was a is a Mariner shop or an MLB shop. Like I don't know who runs the shop, but apparently the section got pulled after the players complained. Which is like fuck. There's 162 games in a year. Get over yourself, you know. Yeah, well, this, this is three games a year. Relax. But no, I I I almost want to side with the players on this one because this is okay. So if I'm a player, I'm thinking this is our house. What the fuck are we doing? Like, how much more money you guys are gonna make this weekend by selling a few Blue Jays T-shirts? A bunch. Sure, but that's not the point. The point is. The point <laughs> that's the is the question. That's literally the question you asked. No, but I, I guess the, the what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter how much money they're gonna make off mm. some T-shirts, right? Like the the but like, principle was, of it is. If I went to the Roger, Roger Center, is that what it's called? I don't even fucking know. Skydome. If I went there and there was other team stuff and how, like I don't give a shit. I might actually buy something. But yeah, yeah that's there's other avenues for that. It's not like there's people who are showing up at the major at the ballpark and saying, "Oh, I can't buy a Blue Jays shirt anywhere." Thank God I can buy it here. What? Just go on MLBShop.com and get yourself a fucking Blue Jays. I don't know how long it takes to deliver to Saskatchewan. Like I have no idea. You're telling me you're not going to be able to walk into a sport check right now in Saskatchewan? Where's the closest sport check? In Saskatchewan. (laughs) I'm sure you can hop on your dog sled in Saskatchewan and end up at a sport check eventually. I'm sure their local Canadian tire store just, probably has overblown. Blue Jays gear. I think it's overblown. And the fact that the team won two out of three, like, well, there you go. Like, that's why it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, matter. I think it's just being, like, insecure, butthurt dudes freaking out about Well, this. okay, so not just insecurity. Also consider that players get a portion of sales of merchandise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So... So, so as a hometown player or home team player, I should say, if there is new merchandise being placed in the store that has nothing to do with the Mariners or me, that is clocking my dollars. That is no. saying the absolutely Jays fans, it is. No, because the Jays fans weren't going to buy the Mariners gear anyway. They may have. No. If you're if it's me J- if- so you're telling me that if you flew your ass out to Seattle because you're like, I want to experience this and it was Jay's Mariners and you walk into mm-hmm. that store and yeah. you'd be like, you know what? I'm a Jay's fan, but I'm buying this Mariners jersey today. A hundred percent chance I would have done that. I, you're talking to a man who goes to ballparks all the time. Right, but you can get ballpark for the Jays. Blue Jays gear. I can get but, Blue yeah. Jays gear 15 but minutes down go, the street. But that's what you say. You don't go for the Jays, though. Like, for the fan who's coming from Winnipeg or Saskatchewan, they're not going to buy a Mariners jersey. They, yeah. Like, they don't get to see the Jays as often as you do. They don't get to experience the Jays as often as you do. So when they go, they're like, oh, I'm going to go. And this is my chance to get an MLB authentic Jays jersey because, you know, for them, that's part of the experience. They're not going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Jays Mariners. I'm a massive Jays fan. But you know what? I'm buying a Mariners jersey. Unless it's a Cal Raleigh jersey. 
do they not have Canada Post in Saskatchewan? You can't go on the Blue Jays store and buy an authentic jersey. Yeah, but how many, go, how it's probably thirty-five dollars delivery. Yeah, to to get it to like Churchill, Manitoba, they're probably paying premium delivery fee. Are you fucking kidding? Because you know why they don't deliver after four o'clock? Because the guy's gonna get eaten by a polar bear. <laughs> It's because the igloos get too solid and you can't actually like put it in the mailbox. But my like, my point is, is how many times have you gone to a sporting event knowing that you can get something at your local sport check or whatever, but then you go there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get this one here because it may be a different kind of jersey that you don't get in the store as common. Or well, maybe you it's want because the experience it's... of buying it there. You yeah. left with something. Okay. So I will say there of all the sports jerseys that I own, and there's quite a few. I would say zero of them were purchased at a Canadian Tire Sports Check. So I always feel like, yes, it needs to be purchased at the point of where. So, yeah. So if I were to want to buy a TFC jersey, I would buy it from one of the actual right. so, proper stores. Or I do buy it online sometimes, too, from like the real sports store. But that's or like when only, you get it for free. But, or that as well. Yes. But no, what I'm saying is, is think of it like this. A guy takes his kid or like a family's like, hey. We're from Winnipeg. We're going to go down to Seattle. We're going to watch the Jays. And, you know, kids like, hey, I want to go to the store, get the jersey. Like, you know what? We'll get it down there. You can go. You can try it on. You can do this. We'll take pictures, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's part of the experience. So I get it. I I almost would have liked to see fans go to Minnesota and watch games. (laughs) Yeah. The ones in Winnipeg, anyway. I I mean, Winnipeg's a terrible example. Vancouver obviously makes more sense. Probably because Seattle's a much nicer city than Minneapolis. Also true. But, okay, so how about this? I think what may have been a more appropriate way to do this is have, like, a like a merchandise truck out front that is, like... Like a food a truck Toronto Blue beer. Jays, Yeah, like a food truck kind of thing. Like, Toronto Blue Jays branded, like, here, buy your Jays stuff here. Not a bad here. idea. The actual in-store yeah. in should be for the Mariners gear. And listen, if I'm going... And I know I get your point, Maddie, and I think you're right in a, in a sense that, like, we have a different view on it yeah because we're we're in toronto and we're inundated with it everywhere we look when you go to a sports memorabilia store yeah i I can walk to the Rogers center and buy a jersey right fucking walmart sir yeah right they're they're everywhere they're like every major retailer has these things around yeah but if i were to go to if i was in seattle if there's a chance I can get a Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey jersey, that'd be pretty dope. But that's an exception to the rule. <laughs> to like this whole situation, because Griffey's the greatest baseball player ever. I, well, I don't know about that, but he's Stop. definitely no, no, one no, of we're my not gonna get into this conversation, but Griffey's the greatest <laughs> baseball player ever, so he's an exception to the rule. So like yeah, I would go down there and like if that was me, I'd be like, Yeah, hundred percent. I'd be buying a Griffey jersey if I'm there. But that's because I already own a Jays jersey. But if I go down there, and even though I own a Jays jersey, and I don't have the opportunity to get a Griffey jersey, I'd buy another Jays jersey. Every ballpark that I go to, I always try to buy like something small. I usually don't buy a jersey or something, but I buy like a fridge magnet or something. But I'll I'll be honest with you, if I'm there in Seattle and I have my choice of a Blue Jays fridge magnet or a Mariners fridge magnet, I'm getting the Mariners fridge magnet. Yeah, is your passport book not enough? Like you greedy that's man. That's because you're from Toronto. Going, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. yeah. That's all. I'm just yeah. That's, anyway, anyways, was uh, suck <laughs> or are they good? That's the question. Yeah. Well, th- so that's the question because going into the All Star break, the Blue Jays were ten games above five hundred. Then they went on a good run, Eight and then nine. they went into Pittsburgh and got got slapped. 
or Pittsburgh. They went to Seattle, Seattle and got slapped. And now they are 10 games above 500. So they're exactly where they started at the beginning of the All-Star break. They are still in a playoff position. They are still in holding down that last wild card spot. Uh, both the Red Sox and the Yankees are nipping at their heels. And here's the other interesting thing. I don't know if you guys looked at this, the standings recently. But your American League wildcard teams, the Rays are in the first spot, which is fucking wild because the Orioles have been on a tear. Orioles the are fact good. That, the fact that the Rays are playing 600 baseball and they're in a wildcard spot is pretty fucking crazy. But nevertheless, then it's Houston, then Toronto. And then, as I mentioned, the Red Sox and Yankees. But then there's the Angels who are right there. And the Angels are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. And they just happen to have the two best players in the history of the sport of baseball on their team. And we're also about a week away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And all the talk is of Shohei Otani getting traded away. And because it makes sense because, well, A, he's no longer under contract as of next year. B, he's the greatest baseball player in the history of baseball. And C, everyone expected that the Angels weren't going to make the playoffs, regardless of the fact that they have the greatest player to ever to play baseball. Um, but all of a sudden, the Blue Jays are spinning their tires, and that last wildcard spot looks like it's available. How crazy is it? That not only were the Blue Jays the team that people said, you know what, that's a good spot for Shohei Otani to end up. Not only could they miss out on getting Shohei Otani, but they could also end up missing the playoffs entirely as well. All because of Shohei Otani. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The, 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 I mean, the Angels are four games back of the wild card. Do I think they're going to make it? Probably not. But the way I've seen the... AL go down this year like the fact that the Orioles are on top and the Orioles have hit 60 wins I think for the first time since uh, you know what like 97 <laughs> I don't know the Orioles are are a good team um, and the Rays have kind of come back to earth it's still not without the realm of possibilities Jays end up winning the stupid division like they're only six and a half games back that sounds like a lot but you know, if they play these teams well down the stretch, anything's possible. Like, the, the Rays were, like, 400 games ahead of everybody, and now look where they are. So, I don't... The Otani thing is crazy, right? Because you're right. He's the greatest... I mean, it's... I know Matt said Griffey, but at the end of the day, do you see the stat line for the Angels? Who leads every category? Yeah. Hits, I, I think he again, runs. he's an exception to the rule though because he does play both positions, so it's almost not fair to include him with other players. Right, but he like hits. But he's home, a player. <laughs> hits, home runs, wins, strikeouts. Like it's it's ridiculous. He leads every stat, and they're gonna have to decide what they're gonna do because I don't know. Man, man's a free agent, right? So he's gonna sign anywhere he wants. And I've got all oh, the shivers if he ends up in pinstripes. But it's going to happen. He's going to get $600 million because he's going to get paid as two players. And to be honest, he should. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, he should get two contracts. 
Uh, I, I will say this though: six hundred million, at the, like you said, being paid as two players because he does both pitching and batting, almost seems like a discount. It does because if that if this if this is Mike Trout, that's five hundred million for him playing outfield and the bat, and then if, if this is a pitcher, that's three hundred million or you know four hundred million for being the pitcher that he is. So realistically, if you look at it from that lens, Otani's yeah, I mean, worth nine hundred million. He should be getting a billion, right? Like. Uh, it's buy two save twenty five percent. So he, um, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. If they trade him, I mean, again, I'm a blue. Uh, we're we're Blue Jays homers. Would we love to see Otani here? Sure. Do you know what it would cost us? I, like I, I, everything. It, it would be I, that I, Thanos I, meme, right? You got Otani. Every, <laughs> what did yeah. it cost you? Everything. Right, it, that that conversation starts with either Bo Bichette or Vladdy. Right there. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think it may probably start with Spencer Horowitz. Well, the um, the the uh, the fact that he's expiring helps, right? If he if he had control, I don't know if he has control. Um, if he doesn't, then it doesn't help. Like then he's going to be going super cheap compared to anything else compared to what he should. But I, I think okay. So if you're the Angels, and what was funny, I think Maddie sent me this the other day of uh, on Cal, uh, Colin Cowher's show. Oh yeah, talk, <laughs> this is, how, how can you how could you talk, how could you be a sports show like a professional sports show and not know this? We literally that, pay to do our show because we pay for hosting. These guys get paid, and we know that you can't trade draft picks in the MLB. Yeah, so Dustin go into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were. For a while, Colin and whoever his new co-host is, I haven't listened to Colin's show in quite some time, um, they were going like back and forth of what it's going to take to land Shohei Otani. And Colin saying, like, oh, you got to start with at least five first-round picks. And five first-round picks. And like, I'm like, but what? <laughs> and I think at some point, like maybe someone in the chat or like one of his other producers in the back was like, hey, guys, just so you know, you can't actually trade draft picks in, yeah. in baseball. You can trade five players um, to be named later. But so I think for sure the Angels are looking for okay, who, Blue Jays, who's your top prospect for hitting? Okay, it's Spencer Horowitz. Okay, we want him. And who's your top prospect for uh, pitching? Is Ricky, Ricky Tiedemann? Okay, Tiedemann. we want him. Right. So like, it's going to start with Horowitz and Tiedemann. And the reason why I'm bringing up Horowitz is because he was just named the International League Player of the Week. Um, in six games, he went 15 for 28 and hit 536. Holy <laughs> shit. So, can- um, yeah, so he was a 24th round pick in 2019. Like he was like way off the radar, but now all of a sudden he's like the number one, the number 14 prospect in by baseball America. So like he has rised. I mean, he very well could be, <laughs> but no, nevertheless, um, he has certainly rised up the rankings. He's hitting 319 this season for the Bisons. He actually played with the Jays for a brief period of time this year when uh, Brandon Belt went down. He only had like eight at bats. We went two for eight, but you know, three three nineteen average in AAA is pretty darn good. Well, they called Vladdy up when he was batting like a three thirty, so he's not far off from that. That's that's a couple really good games again at five thirty six to be at a three thirty. And he's a left-handed batting first baseman, so I know. You just so, move Vladdy to DH, throw this guy at first. Here's the thing, though. Otani's 29, right? So even no matter, like, take this out, whatever. The Jays, 
Like, if they're truly in win-now mode and they have the prospects and whatever to make it work, then sure. But you're going you're gonna to need money. I don't know the Jays... And listen, I'm of the belief that any Otani contract is going to pay itself off in spades and merch, right? So I don't, I don't think that having... Like, Rogers could... Rogers' entire marketing package around this team would be crazy with the asian population here in toronto like it would be absolutely insane it would it would be unlike anything we've ever experienced in terms of a player coming here and kind of taking over i don't think he's gonna come here connor mcdavid is if that ever happened realistically the dodgers like i feel like the dodgers are a player i feel like as gross as it sounds, the Yankees, but the Yankees, it's going to start with like Spencer Jones and Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe. Like they're going to ask for all of them. Right. Here's, and, and you bring up an interesting point because my thought process is this, any team that does this, they're going to be gutted. If it flops, they're screwed because you're that's what I'm saying. So- He's 29. Right. So how long is that arm going to hold up? Like, we don't know. Right. Like, can he continue this torrid pace on a six-year deal? But it's not even that. It's like, say if he does, and it's not the injury risk or whatever, what if he his batting dips by 25%, his you know pitching efficiency dips by you know 20%, then you just gutted your entire prospect because at minimum, it's going to cost four of your top five prospects to even start and enter the conversation so you know what you have zero future if it doesn't work out you either trade him and try and recoup maybe 30 percent of what you gave out back but then your team is shit not for five years but for 10 so i think a good example is looking at the at the juan soto deal right no they, it'll be way more than Juan Soto. no no no, no. i'm well, saying like they gave like the padres gave up a shit ton for juan soto Juan Soto was under control, wasn't he? Yeah, he yes, had like two, two more years. years. So and he's only I think 24. The, I think that is why I don't expect Shohei Otani to be traded before the non-waiver deadline. Because uh, I no, think... In the waiver deadline, they got rid of yeah, that. Yeah, there's only one deadline now. Oh, well, nevertheless. Way the go, deadline Colin. is still... Okay, so regardless... <laughs> Dustin Calvert. Regardless, the trade deadline is August 1st. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't see it happening. I, I just, yeah, they're going to ask for too much. Right. And not only are they asking for too much. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> not only are they presumably asking for too much. I don't know what they're asking for. Rightfully so though. And rightfully so. They now all of a sudden have a chance to actually make the playoffs. And I would also venture to believe that most of the teams like the Yankees like the Blue Jays, like the Dodgers, who have a hope to land Shohei Otani, might just roll the dice and say, I'll just wait till free agency. I'll just wait till the winter. Because I, I, I can't imagine if Otani has gone this long without signing a deal with the Angels, that he's going to be traded to New York and say, yeah, I'll sign an extension with New York. Let's do it. Why wouldn't he still just wait till free agency? You've waited this long. Unless he has a team that he wants to go to. And then he would have went there for agency regardless if you traded for him. Right. So yeah. this is what I'm saying is what if then quietly the Angels are 
trying to acquiesce to something to say, okay, we'll work with that team. And, you know, because they're going to be in a position where they may have to deal him and they may get to the point where it's better to get something knowing he's going to walk than get nothing at all. Right. Who were the teams in the running to sign him when he came to the league? Well, I know the Jays were there. They the apparently Jays were, the Jays were pretty they were pretty close. Yeah, weren't they the number two? Like, didn't they lose out to the Angels? Like I guess everybody lost out to the Angels, but I thought it was down to like the Angels, Jays, and somebody else. If I, I remember. I, I feel like all these happen so often and they blur together for me because there was the one for you Dice Darvish. K Matsuzaka as well, and there's a U Darvish one as well. And I feel you, like that is, that I know we were close on U Darvish. I yeah, Darvish that. they were definitely close on the Jays. That is, um, I don't know, man. Here's the thing. I don't know if that six hundred million dollar contract is actually a thing that they can even do. Like, I know that's a hilarious idea. It's a good idea to give him like two contracts of like you're a pitcher for three hundred million dollars and you're a hitter for three hundred million dollars, and maybe they have different terms like. Maybe we sign him as a pitcher for we. Maybe he is signed as a pitcher for three years, but signed as a hitter for five years or whatever. Like they change it up, so they, they are. That. That's the thing. Like I don't. I have no idea. It's unprecedented yeah. in Major League Baseball, right? So I'm not sure if they could do that. And I also wonder, like, okay, if they could do that, which I suppose they probably could, would that mean their 40 man roster has to have 39 guys on it because you have 40 contracts? Right, like, are you carrying one less player because you're saying Shohei's going to do two things? I think it might not be worth rocking the boat on that, but we'll see. Um, My, did we ever think he would be this? Like, we knew he'd be no. cool. He can hit. Cool, he can pitch. Did we ever think it would be this? Like, he is the best hitter and the best pitcher. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's unfathomable. It's, it's incredible what he's doing. Yeah, but. I, I and that's the other thing too, man. Like, is you have a you have a chance at a once in a lifetime, or once in a in a generation, player marketing merch. Like, it's everything. Like, if I'm yeah, it's not if I'm the Jays, it's not just sorry. Go ahead, James. <laughs> no, I'm just. I think I think we're in agreement here. If I'm the Jays, and I know it's a little bit of fantasy armchair GM, but I'm looking at it going, the the return on investment has to be here. Like, this is the, the most sure bet in all of sports, I think, in all of time. Like, outside of him getting hit by a bus and his arm being run over, like, I don't I don't see, even if he comes in and he plays half a season, you've got to have made a big chunk of money back in jerseys, right? Well, yeah, not just that, but you also think about best-case scenario, you're going to hopefully win some championships because of this. You, you would you would hope like that's got to be the goal and let's say the blue jays win one world series from now until the time okay <laughs> hypothetical scenario we go to um we end up in free agency and show signs wherever he wants the blue jays throw a bazillion dollars at him and he comes to place here to, for toronto and the blue jays win a world series at some point within this window with shohei with bobichette with vladdy this core now, at some point, wins a World Series. The core four? Right. And Otani um, plays as well as you would expect. There's no ridiculous downturn. And he retires at the age of 40. And he goes down as being one of the best players of all time. When he goes into the Hall of Fame, what hat is he wearing? 
Yeah, he's going to wear he a Jays hat if he wins a ch- title hat. here. Yeah, if he wins a World Series here, he's going in as a Blue Jay. That's what I'm saying. It's a chance or, for your franchise in all all aspects to be immortalized. So here's my one thought. I actually think if it kind of gets close to that, the MLB stops it from happening. Conspiracy hats going on. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I don't think they allow that to happen. Stop it. What specifically? To Get happen. some help. Shohei to come to Toronto. Well, then you can't stop it. And the only way you stop it is by stopping it this, this offseason. Right. But what I'm saying is, is hypothetically, I think it, they go to the agent and they, <laughs> the or something. I just think they do something and they say, get him to LA, get him to New York, figure it out. I don't necessarily disagree. That could be a thing, right? Like that's, this is a very big moment. Like if you look at, I wish I saved it. I saw this image the other day on X that um, it was comparing Shohei Otani's stats as a pitcher and a batter through like however many games in his career to Babe Ruth. And it was like almost identical. Identical, yeah. Of, of like how many home runs he hit, how many pitchers, how many wins he had, how many strikeouts, et cetera, et cetera. It was identical. And if you think about the game of baseball and how it is so synonymously connected to the Babe, and he is like this iconic image of... That's what, what baseball I'm was. And he was a New York Yankee. He was wearing the pinstripes. Babe Ruth is the guy when we talk about baseball, for better or worse. Like, obviously, he probably not as good as a player as Ken Griffey Jr., as Matty would think. But nevertheless, <laughs> Babe Ruth is a monster star for baseball. He's a, he's like, kind of like the Wayne Gretzky of hockey or the Michael Jordan of basketball. It's, it's Babe Ruth. He's the now, mythical figure. Great way of putting it. He is a mythical figure of baseball. And he wears a Yankees hat. And to this day, I'm sure the New York Yankees are making money off the name Babe Ruth. I am certain of that. So keep that in mind, um, Ted Rogers. Actually, I don't think Ted Rogers is alive anymore. (laughs) Keep that in mind, whomever is uh, signing the checks at Rogers Communications, that this is a, a tremendous opportunity of marketing, a tremendous opportunity to make some money a tremendous opportunity to immortalize the Blue Jay, to immortalize Toronto as the place to be for baseball. So, they, like, this dude's going to have movies about him. You know, like, there's going to be movies about Shohei Otani. There's going to be TV shows, books. You know, it's... I'll say this. I remember when, what's his name? Uh, Matsuyama won the Masters a few years ago and went back to japan it was unreal and he's a golfer like if shohei otani already is god level in japan it's 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 unthinkable what he'd be like if he won a world series or a cy young or a batting title like it's gonna be he's untouchable there you know what i mean like it's it's crazy well, what is tremendously crazy is the deals that you can find on Now Your Treasures. Because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. 
All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about Shohei Otani and perhaps a new contract that he's going to get. But someone did actually get a new contract. Mm. And he didn't, he didn't, if it's who I think it is, he didn't put pen to paper yet. Are we talking about Ilya Samsonov? Oh, no, we're not. Continue. Okay. Well, I thought Ilya we were transitioning. Was, no, I thought I we were transitioning to the next one because we were talking about $600 million with Shohei. So, right. I know. So, okay. I, I'm with you, Maddie. I know we, we still have uh, Mbappe to talk about as well. But before we get there, someone who's making almost as much money as Mbappe. Um, <laughs> this is literally like his shit. His toilet paper probably cost this dude's contract. It reminds me, I don't know if you guys get these TikToks too, but I get these guys who are Middle Eastern in some way and probably in uh, Dubai or United Arab Emirates or whatever. And they walk into like car dealerships of like supercars is like how much is this one like oh it's like six million it's like six million here and he just throws cash at him like oh you take six million what about that one that was 10 million i'll give me that one too all right what's the next one like <laughs> i have seen that it's pretty funny. i have that much money my god um so samsonov does not quite have that much money uh Ilya samsonov was looking for i think like 4.9 million dollars and the Maple Leafs were offering like 1.9 or something stupid like that. And we had said on this week, or last week's show on 43.6, your favorite sports podcast, that I'm sure the arbitrator will just find a number in the middle and just give Samsonov that contract. And the number in the middle was like 3.65 million. And sure enough, Ilya Samsonov was awarded a contract of $3.55 million. So, I mean, Good for the Maple Leafs because that kind of saves them $100,000. And right now they can use every penny that they have against the salary cap. So good. The Maple Leafs have a goaltender between the pipes. That's a solid thing to have. Although I still feel like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think by the end of the season, Joseph Wall is going to be the starting goaltender regardless of this contract. Or do you actually think Samsonov is going to be the starter? So let me rephrase that question. It is beginning of playoffs and knock on wood. I don't have any wood around me. Knock on wood that the Maple Leafs make the playoffs. Game one that they will, of course, lose because that's what they do in game one's of the playoff. Uh, game one, are you starting Wall or are you starting Samsonov? Or I shouldn't say, are you starting them? Who do you think is the starter by the time game one rolls around? Wall or Samsonov? Samsonov. I, st- I don't know. I think we'll... I think... January January always seems to be the inflection point for this kind of thing. Seems to be a good like mid litmus test to figure out kind of where the direction's going to go. I don't I don't know the sample size is big enough on Wall, but at the same time, here's the thing. A lot of cup champions and recent teams that have kind of built themselves like they've taken chances on the young guy, right? Like that's like Vasilevsky, like they took a chance on a guy, right? Well, yeah, because Ben Bishop was the guy. Right. And then Jeremy Swayman, they took a chance on a guy last year. Like, they got Allmark the year after. But Swayman carried a lot of the load when Rask went down before they got Allmark. And then they platooned Allmark and Swayman, right? 
you know, it's it's eventually the Leafs have to bet on someone they've developed. And I don't know if it's Wall, but it certainly seems a good time as any. I mean, if if you're Brad Trey Living, you know, you've got, you've just got on the job. Now's the time to try things, right? So, I don't know. I, I feel like you can't have the arbitrator award Samsonov 3-5 and then not start him to start the season. But the end of the season, I think it's totally up in the air. Oh, no. So, I think starting the season, you're right. I think for sure Samsonov is a starter. But don't let the salaries fool you because there's – both those guys combined, Wall and Samsonov, are not the highest paid goaltender sure. on this team. For right sure, now. I think I think the Leafs have the fourth lowest combined goaltending cap hit in the league right now. But the, I'm, I mean this from the conversation that they would have in Florida surrounding Bobrovsky. We can have a nine million dollar bench guy, like, and sure, it's not nine million dollars for Samsonov. I just don't think. I think if he's getting paid that, they, there's obviously a reason based on stats and performance, and you have to go with that to start now if he falters again i don't think his leash is super long i don't think he gets a leash like a, a seasoned vet like a brodeur or belfort would right but i don't know i think what's going to be more interesting is is how and i know everyone hates this stuff how they're going to make that last two million dollars work i mean at the end of the day they're they're the least are blessed that the marley's exist in toronto like, if the Marlies didn't exist in Toronto, they'd be in a way worse position. Well, that's why they moved them from right. St. John's. But I, I was joking with a buddy of mine. He said this line, and I'm going to steal it. Dude, I would watch a 24-hour live stream of Brandon Pridham. I would 100% <laughs> watch. Like, it was just on Twitch, and it was just like in the corner, and I would 100% be locked in because that dude is clearly surviving on monster <laughs> energy and coke there's that's the only thing that it's impossible right like right now he's like okay if i if i lti murray then i get four if jake muzzin that's nine i'm still two and a half million dollars away and if i move you know, I put timmins in the marley like there's the guys literally like charlie day from that fucking meme where he's got all the red lines and the pictures and he's smoking cigarettes like that's that's pretty every day right now but I feel like he's just—he's chained in a basement, and they just throw. What they do is they throw fish heads and bags of coke at him, <laughs> and then he just like figure it figure out. Figure it out, prids. Uh, what it comes down to is, you know, assuming Murray and and Muzzin aren't on the books, whatever avenue they choose to do that, they're still going to be about two million dollars over the cap. Now, do you, do you look at alternative options and, and move a Lafferty? Do you? You know, people keep talking about Brody. Do you, you know what I know? And the other thing too, the, the defense still needs tinkering. I don't think the defense is there yet, and I don't think the defense is indicative of the way Trey Living is going to want this defense to look. So again, I come back to, you know, the Samsonov deal is probably where they thought it was going to be, so it's a win on that. Which means there's other things in motion that are probably there to continue to make this work. I just. It's going to be a real interesting sprint to opening night because they got to be compliant for opening night. So here's what I'm thinking. and I was goofing around on Cap Friendly this morning as I was supposed to be doing my actual job. And a lot of this hinges on... I think we're all just assuming this is going to be the way it goes down, that Matt Murray is going to be sent to Robita Island. But what if he's not? Right? Like, what if... The NHL steps in here and says, listen, we want to see his medical records. 
We want to make sure that you are actually truthful in saying this guy cannot resume hockey activity. Because I'm led to believe he can. Because wasn't he on the bench during the playoffs? Like, I feel like Murray, we're all just assuming that he's not able to play, but I think Matt Murray can play. Well, he said, I'm ready to go, you know, if called upon in the playoffs. But my conspiracy hat's going back on. What I think happens if the NHL tries to do that, the Leafs be like, go fuck yourself. We well, keep this league afloat. Yeah. The other thing too is though, like the NHLPA might eventually step in because hey, you can't, you know, so it's all like, if you think about it, it's all fucked. You can't buy out an injured player, number one, nope. right? So nope. that's it. So, and then if he's not injured, it's going to be, they got to f- fucking make up a story to get him injured or fucking Tanya Harding his ass. Right, like that. Those are hey, their the options. Leafs want to pay me two sheets. I'll do it. <laughs> just ah, yeah, with a tire iron. So there's yeah. just there's there's wrinkles here that like we're all just assuming. So like I always go into cap friendly. I'm like, okay, Murray, move him to long term injured reserve, and then I take Robertson off IR because the seat like he's not going to be on IR when the season starts, and you're just going to dump him into the Marlies, and then you're like, okay, there's the money. We're we're good, assuming. You also like demote Connor Timmons, who I feel sorry for the guy, but he's, but he's going to get claimed. So I don't think that's. I, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, guys, but I feel like there's a an option before the season starts to be cap compliant that you can drop whoever you want before mm. October, whatever. No, it just what they what happens is is if they're not on a two way deal and you send them down, okay, any so, team can claim him. That's and another thing. So the two-way one I was looking this up this morning, too, because I thought that, too. But the two-way one-way thing doesn't exist anymore. That's, that's not even a thing. So the way it's working for waivers is how many years since you signed your entry-level deal. So the only guys on this roster right now that are waiver-exempt, regardless of the contract status, the, like the two-way one-way thing only matters of like how much money you're getting paid in the AHL versus NHL. So if you're right. on a two-way deal, then you have like an HL salary versus an NHL salary. If it's a one-way deal, it's a, you're getting paid the same regardless of where and you're playing. And the cap HL hit that is associated with it. Like there's only a certain percentage that comes off the cap on a one-way deal. Yeah, it's only like 900K. Guys who are exempt from waivers and can be freely sent up and down is Matthew Nyes, because he just signed his entry-level deal a couple, like a year ago, or not even a year ago. Um, point is Holmberg. I'm not sure exactly when he signed his, but he's exempt as well. And Nick Robertson, who signed a couple of years ago. And I guess on uh, Rodion Amirov, but like that's a different situation altogether. So and those guys of, on and a the, bunch of the other Marlies, right? Like I'm sure Steve's is like almost yeah, like almost all the Marlies. Like I'm not gonna list all of them, but like I mean in terms of like the actual list roster of players, guys roster, who may be on the Leafs roster. Right. Um, only those three guys. So what I'm saying is, and we probably could look this up, but I, I believe there's an option to say it doesn't matter whether they're waiver exempt or not. At the beginning of the season, you can demote someone. But if you choose to bring them back up to the NHL, that's when they have to come through waivers. It's possible. I'd have to and look that's it up. But, that but is when clear, Timmons will get claimed. But then if you clear, you can go up and down freely. Correct. You only have to claim the first time. So that is what I expect to see happen. And I'm sure Maddie will check if I'm making this up or not. I expect to see Connor Timmons um, move down to be cap compliant. And he will have to be claimed. He'll have to go through waivers to come back up to the Toronto Maple Leafs if they need him. But I imagine they would just go to one of their defensemen who is waiver exempt. Someone like, uh, oh, fuck, I don't know. 
God, it's not a lot of options down there, but I imagine they'll use one of those guys in the Marlies who are waiver exempt in those situations. That's an option. Or you keep Connor Timmons on the roster if you can't do that. And sorry, Holmberg, you got to go down. And they roll 7 11. What? They roll the Slurpee right from the beginning of the season. They roll out the Slurpee because they literally don't have any other option other than to only carry 11 forwards. Like they literally don't have the option to carry anymore. And then once you, and I think by doing that, by keeping Timmons on the roster, sending down Holmberg, which is a $300,000 difference between the two guys, you're going to be cap compliant. Like you'll be under the cap by a couple hundred thousand bucks. And that's why the Sam Snub deal is so important to save that extra $100,000. So every game you're accruing bonus money, essentially. And then when if you do need a defenseman, you can go down to the Marlies and find a guy who's making yeah. nothing and utilize that. So I can see that option of... Maddie? Reentry waivers doesn't exist anymore. Oh, for fuck me. Okay, well... That makes things even worse then. <laughs> so they really do have to get rid of this Matt Murray contract. I think Somehow, that's the point. Like they, some way. Yeah, uh, reentry was scrapped in 2012 because guys. 2012? That yeah. can't be right. Guys, guys would just you know they put a guy down for whatever reason and try and call him up, and everyone's getting claimed. And also, the, did you? I forget where I heard this, but there was a report that GMs 100% claim players just to stick it to the Leafs. Yeah. Because like they always when, say like. But I wonder, is that the lease or is it Dubis? Like, do you think it's going to be the same thing with Jim Trilliving or Brett Jim Tri- <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. I got it. Samsonite. I was way off. With Brad Trilliving, because apparently the dude is very well liked around the league by, you know, 99.9% of people. The only person who probably doesn't like him is Kyle Dubis. So do you think then it's the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All I, all I know is, like, listen, I'm happy with Samsonov at, at 3-5. They're just, yeah. the gymnastics here are going to be Russian 16-year-old levels of gymnastics that they're going to have to figure out how to how to make this work. There's just so many moving pieces, and I, I get it. There's things that we can't comprehend, but at the end of the day here, math is math. And there are things they, things like the Murray contract, how they're going to maneuver Muzzin, like these things have to to materialize. And then, and then you hear, oh, Carlson was talking to the Leafs. Under what fucking pretense, <laughs> right? Like under what pretense was he having conversations with the Maple Leafs about joining this team? Like then, then Nylander has to go. He's well, the only saying- piece. Well, the current rumor is that apparently San Jose likes the offer from Toronto the most. It's just they have to said they have to get their money in order first. What the fuck's to... in the offer? Well, no one knows. Outside of Nylander, what else are you going to offer them? We don't have very well, much. That may, well, this is the thing is that makes me think then that Nylander and Carlson are separate deals. That Nylander may go somewhere else for something and you bring also in Carlson. True. Yeah, okay. Right? So that's why... <clears throat> that that's the current rumination of what is being kind of looked at for that, which makes me think Nylander would be going out for not spare parts, but picks and a young player that's cheap. That's pretty serviceable with control for a couple more years. 
Again, all um, like people people say uh, to and fucking the Xverse is wild when it comes to to leave takes in this regard. How you know if you're trading Nylander for uh, a mid level player and a and a defenseman, then you might as well just keep Nylander. It's like no, you don't understand how you know getting those parts back and then the money saved to do other things. You know, makes like sure. Do I want to lose a forty goal score? No, but should we be paying Tavares eleven million dollars at this point? Also, probably not, right? So, this is the world we live in. These are the circumstances, and this is what we have to work with, right? So, the other I thing wonder- too is, if sorry, just before, if the Leafs had any idea that they wanted to get Eric Carlson, there's no fucking planet they should have signed John Klingberg. There's also no fucking plan that should have signed John Klingberg, period, based on how much of cap trouble they're in right now. <laughs> I would much rather have a defenseman making like two million bucks and then you don't have to deal with the bullshit they're in right now. For so, for the defensive hole that that guy creates, and listen, I love the offensive side of things. The Leafs have definitely have trouble moving the puck out of their zone at times. And he's a, an incredible first pass and incredible at getting the puck up the ice. But again, if you're going to do that, and you have to you have to make money work anyway. Go out and get the best guy at that. Then, then so, do Carlson. Go all the way. Here's my thing. Conspiracy theory hats going back on. <laughs> what if Tavares is part of the deal going the other way? He can't. He's full no move. Right. But what if they said to him, look, this is the situation we're in. We're asking you to do this. San Jose no. was the, San Jose was the they're second gonna choice. To, they're going to have to constructively dismiss this man. They're going to be like, we're taking the C off you, and you're going to have to replace all the toilet paper and all the stalls. And that would like, that would, okay. I know people are saying, oh yeah, Tavares has slowed down. He's not the player he used to be. All but these as a winger, he's true. fine. He is still your number two center on this team. If Tavares goes, you have you David Camp as your yeah. second line center. No, it would be Max Domi. But that's not what Domi is being brought in to do. No, no, I understand that. But he's not a... He shouldn't be the second-line center is the problem. Right. He should be your one of your second-line wingers, like your second-line left winger. And an $11 million second-line left winger is a price tag. For the record, last season, John Tavares played 80 games, scored 36 goals, 44 assists for 80 points. How many were on the power play? I don't have that stat in front of me. Irrelevant. But. Power play goals are still power play goals. Or power play goals are still goals. No, I understand, but he doesn't have to skate. No, but you could argue he takes more punishment in front this of the was, net to score those goals. This is actually his second most productive season as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And what does Sebastian Ajo make? And what were his stats? And Ajo makes what? Like $2 million less than Tavares? Like, what are we talking about? We well, could be cap compliant with that $2 million. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, but you say that now, but like Aho next year or the year after is going to be. Yeah, no, I hear you. I just, it's a hard pill. Like, listen, it's only, there's two more years. I get it. The problem is some fucking moron negotiated all these contracts to end together <laughs> for no reason. Uh, he got, you know, sw- like Just taken advantage least. of. By oh, by these, bite the pillow. Uh, yeah, definitely the pillow was bit, and now this organization's in this position, and you got to work with what you got, and I think that's you know all the best to Trey Living. He's got a he's 
he's got a little bit it's not it's not like a mess but it's it's definitely uncomfortable like if i was the gm walking in here i'd be like uh, there's definitely times i'd be at my desk just going like what the fuck am i gonna do I just, I'm still absolutely salty that we could have extended Matthews and Marner for full eight years at Marner at six and a half, seven million, and Matthews at nine and a half million, and it was never done. And that they were essentially willing to negotiate, but Dubas is like, you know what, we're going to let this play out. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? That Dubas they would have <laughs> productive ass years and be like, hometown discount, guys. <laughs> I, I bet Dubis probably thought I'm gonna be fired in five years. The fuck do I care? And you know what? For, for everyone who thought, <laughs> for everyone who thought, like, oh no, maybe it's just look at the contract he just gave Tristan Jari. Oh. Right. Yeah. So, like, listen, great guy. Maybe had a great eye for some talent. Whatever. Horrendous mathematician. Very, great guy. Tries hard. Yeah. What we used to say about workers there, Dustin. Good guy. <laughs> Can't work. <laughs> So you just good guy. Good guy. Of, have you? Oh man, Silicon Valley is a fucking hilarious show. Love if that. You guys show. haven't watched Silicon Valley? It's the best. Never saw it. Do you remember Rigby? Oh yeah. Rigby is an acronym for Richard is great. Great, but or was it? Yeah, Richard, Richard is, is great. great, but you know. Yeah, and then they, they would say know. something bad. So they kept yeah. saying like Richard is great, but you know, and then they would say something shitty about him. And yeah. they're like, can we just shorten this? Like anytime we gotta say something bad about Rich, can we just like say Rigby? Rigby. Yeah. Rigby, he's a fucking asshole. Digby. <laughs> Digby. Dubis is great, but you know, he can't do math. Exactly. Um, know who's gonna have a whole lot of math to do? <laughs> is, is this where we are now? This is gonna be Killian Mbappe. Who no, dude, you know what? He's not gonna have to do any math. He can fucking pay a team of mathematicians to do it himself <laughs> or do it them for him. So the number was thrown around today north of a billion dollars. 1.1 billion dollars was a number being thrown around. Now, 332 million of that. And if you're wondering why it's such a wacky number, 332 million, it's because it's 300 million euros and just got converted to American cash. So $332 million it is what the transfer fee has been offered to PSG. Well, they accepted it. Have they? Yeah, yeah. They, accept, oh. they accepted the transfer fee, meaning that they can now it's up to Mbappe of if he accepts the terms with the Saudi okay. team or negotiating with them. So offer made, offer accepted of $332 million to PSG for the transfer fee. Now Mbappe has to agree to play for the Saudi Arabian club. And the alleged amount offered to Mbappe, um, if you haven't heard this number yet, please sit down, is $776 million. One year. For one, for one season. <laughs> and then he's going to go to Real if he wants to and get $180 million up front, $100 million signing fee and on or signing on fee and an $80 million bonus. This dude, this dude literally going to make a billion dollars in the span of 10 months. He's like my favorite thing that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. The favorite, my favorite thing I've seen on the internet today was from front office sports at FSO on X. If you want to follow them. They're actually a pretty good follow. They post a lot of like business things of sports. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> they said, for comparison, Tiger Woods' career PGA earnings 
$157 million. And Bappe is going to make, if he signs this contract, $776 million in one year. For comparison, the 2023 NFL salary cap is $225 million. And Bappe is going to make $776 million if he signs this contract. For comparison, Tom Brady's all-time NFL earnings, the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, the most money he's made his entire career, combined $332 million. Remember when the New York Mets were throwing out $50 million contracts to pitchers that probably didn't deserve $50 million, $50 million contracts? Their entire payroll for the Mets right now is $367 million. And Bappe's making double that. Mbappe could buy year. MLS if he tells us. <laughs> well, speaking of buying teams, apparently the value of the Arizona Coyotes, because that came up recently with the whole, um, you know, the building <laughs> rights and the scenario there in uh, Arizona, the value of the Arizona Coyotes is $450 million. This Mbappe. man, one year of this man's life is worth more than the entire Arizona Coyotes <laughs> franchise. He, he could buy so... the team and still have 400 sheets left over. And then my favorite one is the last one. Arguably the best basketball player on the planet. Probably the best one we will ever see in our lifetime. Now, obviously, there's an argument for Jordan versus LeBron. Fine. But no, no argument. Jordan's better. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> LeBron James in his career. So, again, not so even if you don't think he's the best basketball player of all time, he's number two, and he's playing in an era where guys are getting paid to play basketball. Jordan wasn't that fortunate. Jordan's making a shit ton of money now because everyone has 15 pairs of his shoes. But when he was playing basketball, he was not making the money the guys are making now. Not even fucking close. Anyways, LeBron James, $531 million he has made in his NBA career. In NBA salary, at least. Mbappe will make 25% more for one year if, in if Saudi he, Arabia. If he decides to. Like, if he signs, because then... If he signs, then they have to pay the transfer fee to PSG. And yeah, he gets the contract. But there's... The earlier rumor was that he wasn't interested in going. Now, obviously, near $800 million can very much change your mind. You know, because that's not just that's you're, you're going from being a rich person to a wealthy person. And there's a difference, right? So that's wealth. You know, that's not that's not being rich. Like that's generational money to the point where your family never has to work again for one year. One year. And that's the thing is that this is one year. That's not to include this, all the money the dude's going to make after this. If this guy signed an eight-year contract, <laughs> like, yeah, oh. he's going to make more in one year than, yeah, like you listed, than 90% of the athletes will their entire career. He'll make more in one year than the entire least roster currently will make over the lifetime of their career. What, what I don't understand is for a year, what does this do for the Saudis? It gets them Mbappe after they lost out on Messi and, you know, sure, took the but PR hit. if it's for a year, it doesn't really have any staying power. Where's the return? Well, does it look worse if 
he says no and doesn't go or he takes the money for the year and then runs after that year like what looks worse to this in terms of pr for the saudis right i just it's an insane amount of money now does he actually go i don't know because the thoughts are that he wants to go to madrid so go next year <laughs> Dustin, dustin's full on board be like take that bag so okay James, the question is, what's in it for the Saudis? First of all, like I was talking about earlier with the guy who walked around in the supercar dealership just saying, that's 10 million bucks? Sure, that's <laughs> 20 million bucks? Whatever. Like They have so... Like, the amount of money that they have... The oil money. It's... It's just it's, like playing it's, FIFA general manager. It's honestly unfathomable to normal people like us, the amount of money that we're talking about. When you, if you go into Google and you type in like the richest person in the world, it probably comes up Elon Musk and whatever, and he's worth however many billions of dollars. There are some of these Saudi princes that are on the list because their money isn't like on the calculable. Books. Like you can't calculate it. And, and it's also blood money and hidden. Right. It's, and it's like, right. And it's money that is not registered anywhere and they just have an endless supply of it. And we are talking trillions of dollars. Like, like, se- like 750 million for them is like five bucks for us to buy a bottle of Prime. And it is a tiny investment for them to what people are calling sports washing of saying, here's all this heinous shit we've done in our past, but we're going to like create a golf league and we're going to create, you know, we're going to bring WWE here and we're going to bring all this, um, Western culture, all this Western yeah. culture, and Show all how this progressive, like, right? And and like you and UFC was there for some time as well. Like they are just trying to make it look like, oh, we're not such a bad place. Look at all this great stuff we have. And don't look over here, though. Don't 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 look over here. Don't look behind look the at, curtain. But look at uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Look at him play yeah. soccer. Look at him go. <laughs> look at him kick that ball. So unless. Mbappe has a very strong moral reason not to go. You, fuck, you gotta go, man. I would take Dude, that I have money. The st- I have super strong morals. I would go in a harpy. Oh yeah, seven hundred and fifty mil. I don't. I don't care who the fuck you are. Your morals aren't strong I enough. I could do a lot to- of good. I could do a lot of good. Yeah, because you know what you could do? You could take 150 million of that 750 million and donate it to women's rights causes throughout the rest of the world that oppose, you know, the Saudi regime. We can build homeless, the other shit. low yeah. income housing in the city. Who knows? We could do a bunch of stuff with that kind of money. No, 100%. Now, this is the thing is he could he could very well do that. He could take that money and say, thanks. And then have, be a voice against, you know, the the government or the people or what? whoever is in place. At, like once he leaves and say, "I took your money." I don't know, man. Like, I'm not they, saying shit. They're like <laughs> fucking beheading journalists out there. Like I'm not saying true. anything. I'm taking that money and I'm keeping my mouth shut. And I like James's idea. Start building women's shelters and start building affordable housing and go to a village in Africa and give everyone, you know, a thousand dollars, like every single child you see here, a thousand dollars for you and a thousand dollars for you and whatever, like just, there's so much you could do with all yeah. that money. And I would rather take that money from the Saudi Arabians and put it in the hands of someone else. 
So what better way to do it? If they're going to pay someone almost a billion dollars to play soccer for a year, take the money. Yeah. And reinvest I, like, it in other parts of the world. It's one thing to be like my morals. I'm being offered 50 million when I make 45 here, like, you know, that extra 5 million. Okay. Yeah. You can turn that down. 750 million is, I'm sorry. And when people get on companies like WWE and UFC going there and shit like that, as much as I disagree with, you know, what they do for, like, in terms of the country and the regime that they have there, at the same time, as a business and operating as a business, that's a hard sell when you're offered billions of dollars to do something, to go to your shareholders, your board and shit like that and make the argument and saying, we can't go here. Morally, it doesn't make sense. They're like, they're offering us $2 billion to bring WWE here. You bet your ass we're getting our ass going over there. WWE, I believe, if I remember the, the terms of the deal, they have to go to Saudi Arabia two times a year for a five-year deal and it would be $500 million. So it's $50 million per appearance, essentially, because you're doing it twice a year, $100 million a year for five years. Matt. They just, they just set a all-time WrestleMania gate record. Okay, this past year in, or not this past year, this past April. Well, it's because they have guys buying two sets of tickets like you. That's true. <laughs> but at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles this past April, and it's two nights, right? So like before, WrestleMania used to be one night, and you get one gate. Two nights, Los Angeles, all-time record-setting gate of $18 million. Now listen, $18 million in one weekend is a lot of money. But if they go to Saudi Arabia, they make almost fucking triple that for one night. So this is the amount of money we're talking about. Right. I get it. I just again I just then Mbappe leaves and they're like, what? Okay. Yeah. But again, like you have to it was like, fun. you have to look you have to think of it relative to their resourcing, right? No, you I know, get it. Like I said, that's 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 oil money. That's shit that is arguably. Oh, dude, the they're most... doing it because they're bored. I fucking get it. Like, yeah, it's just these, these are for a guy like you who used to play extreme warfare. You should understand this. <laughs> yeah, true. OK, <laughs> right. Like well, this is full fantasy right here. We're all in agreement that we would all take the money. Oh, 100 percent. I as much as and I, I just want to get to one thing because it kind of made me laugh and I sent it to you and <laughs> you're just like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. So I know what you were reading that front office sports thing. And I sent you the comments from that dude on the right of the tweet. So the numbers that Dustin had read off, which is essentially listing how much more money Mbappe is going to make than some of these guys like the bottom, like he's going to make more than the bottom four guys combined anyway. Uh, there's a guy who's like the top, I guess, uh, comment on this tweet from front office sports. And he's like, how about solve world hunger and global human trafficking with the money first Saudis? No. And I'm like, I read that and I was like, does this fucker not know who like the Saudis are? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, does he not know, I guess, world, you know, current events? And then I love, like the person right behind underneath them was like, so what's stopping your country for doing that? Yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it just, that shit was entertaining to me, but yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that we all say, you know, you try to say your morals are priceless and whatever. I'm sorry for $700 million. 
that's a different story. Like my morals can't cost like $1,500 or like 30 grand or 40 grand to do something like that. But man, you're, you're handing me 750 sheets. I'll be putting on the thing that they want me to wear and uh, <laughs> whatever. I mean, no, I just, I just think you could do more good with it than you No, for sure. Money. And that's the thing is you can take that money. And like I said, and do very positive things, right? You know, cause you could take 20% of that and Make do insane amounts of good and still not even dent your lifestyle yeah. and your great grandkids lifestyle and their kids lifestyle. Like that, that's, like I said, that's wealth. Like that's establishing your bloodline never has to work. And again. dude, Hey, you go to Vegas, you put it all on black. Ooh. Yo, could you imagine putting a hundred mil on black and that shit comes up green double zeros? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dustin's got a point. Oh no! I'm just I'm throwing the ones up because you said the bloodline. Oh, oh. yeah, this guy. Um, but I, James, I think at some point we we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to add to the soundboard because we need a, a Ted DiBiase clip of yes. his laugh or something. Because th- I think the moral of get some help. <laughs> I think the moral of this uh, this topic or this segment is. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> and that we're all weak morally because we take <laughs> 750 sheets to, you know, in a drop yeah. of a hat. But And listen, yeah. if things don't go well when you're in Saudi Arabia, all you got to do is hop in your time machine. It's that, it's that simple. Because to round things out today, we wanted to talk about something we've been chewing on for a little while of. And I, I usually uh, throw this question out when like I said last week, like when I used to work in a, a restaurant or a bar, just entertain myself and talk to my regulars or anyone who walked in, really. I would say, hey, you get a time machine and you can use it. And so I, I had it actually a little different when I originally posed a question because I was talking more about music than I was sports. So the music one was you have a time machine and you can go back to any decade so you get like one use of the time machine per decade and you can see any musical act in any city in any venue but you can only use it once per decade so it's always interesting to see what people would say like to me i would say like in the 2000s for sure like i would go to see that lincoln park jay-z mashup that they did in that one live set that they recorded for the album like that would be fucking incredible Mm-hmm. And the nineties, I'm thinking probably Nirvana in Seattle, like when they were a small band or something. Anyways, you get the idea. So then I thought, okay, well, how cool would it be for sports that you can go back in time and relive one sporting event in the history of our planet? And I thought it'd be interesting to see what everyone thought. I'm gonna go first. Yes, please, because I'm still struggling between the four that I have in my head. The four that he has in his head. So unfortunately, you only get to use the time machine once. It's like uh, it's like Avengers, you know. You have you have one for a test run and one to come back, and then vroom, vroom, okay, we have one to go and come back, and our test run is gone. My sporting event, and this should come at no surprise. Although I did have a few wrestling ones rattling around in my head of like, what WrestleMania do I want to go back to? And I was kind of thinking about WrestleMania 17, but no. WrestleMania 10 would be a good one. 12 was also really good. But nevertheless, I settled on Saturday, October 23rd, 1993. Does that ring any bells? It's probably a World Series. 
if it's a World Series and it's 1993, then that would place you in the Sky Dome. Yeah. And that would place you in the moment where Joe Carter stepped up to the plate in the ninth inning and hit a walk-off home run to clinch the Blue Jays their second consecutive World Series title. I don't know as a Toronto sports fan if it gets any bigger than when Joe touched them all, as it were, as the call was. And just the pandemonium that building must have been. And if I'm adding to this too, and since it's my time machine and I can go wherever I want, I am going to one of the suites. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in like one of the luxury boxes as Joe Carter hit that home run. I don't know what the luxury boxes look like in 1993. I know the Rogers Center has changed quite a bit over the years, but I'm sure there was something like that. Because I think I've realized over the years, and I, I've mentioned on the show a few times, I don't know if I like being in crowds anymore, like being in the arena for some of these things. I'm too close to people. Anytime I go to a movie, I try to go to the VIP, so it's the wider seat, so I get people further away from me if it's possible. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think Jimmy and me did a Leaf game like a year ago or so, and it, or no, a couple years ago, and it was just uncomfortable. So in a suite, private box, see the Blue Jays win the World Series in 1993. That's for my, my pick. That'd be pretty cool. I agree. That's a really cool one. I like that. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think of that. Jim, you go. My, I would also go to 1993, but oh. for a different oh, I know, reason. I know what he's picking. So he could be oh, Carrie Fraser in the back of the head. Are you May, trying to change history here? Are you? <laughs> May 29th, 1993. Oh, no. Actually, no, sorry. I'm going May 28th, 1993, the day before. So I can You're find this moron. Yeah, so I can find Carrie Fraser and be like, listen up, fuckface. <laughs> Something's going to happen in the game. You better up. make this fucking call. This is Gray Sports Almanac. Uh, listen, no. Um, yeah, no, I would. It sounds like a negative moment, but I want to be there to. Because that's kind of like. I mean, really, for what we know as Maple Leaf fandom from that, that's kind of the turning point. I mean, it's it's not. If you think about it, it's not as bad as Caberlet's turnover in Carolina, which is horrendous. It's it's not even as bad as the Leaf collapses. I mean, that was, you know, at least you could blame the Leafs for the stuff we've seen. This wasn't the Leafs, right? Like, and listen, that team was built for tough, man. Like, that team was the mm-hmm. team, you know? They and, got jobbed. And it would have been Toronto-Montreal in the final. Holy fuck. So I would go back to right that wrong and give us the greatest sports final of all time. And though that made Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, Dave Andrew, like all the against Patrick Waugh and the Montreal Canadiens. Like, come on. That, That's it what would I would have do. gone. It honestly would have gone down as probably the greatest series in NHL history. Do you think Carrie Fraser is like the Maple Leafs equivalent to the Billy Goat curse? It's possible. He talked, and the thing is, is the dude talks about it fairly often. You know, like he's at the point where he was like, for the first little bit, he couldn't reference it. People would come up to him and he would just like run. But he's at the point where he talks about it and he was just like, you look back and yeah, it was a missed call. And he's like, it should have been a call. Um, but, you know, he, I just, I, I think you're right. I think that's the least equivalent. Now, if it ends up being 100 years from that date, I'm going to be so sad. But, well, I, I'll let you know, and maybe you can set your sights a little closer than that. It was only 71 years, the curse cool. of the Billy Goat. 
So only 71. So I have to make yeah. it to actually, no, I'd be like 78. We'll have to be in our like 80s. And yeah, before that, you'll be in your 80s. Lifting. Yo, easy, bud. I'm still going to be solely in my 70s at that point. Because <laughs> I just thought, yeah, okay. And I would have been six years old in 1993. So I would be yeah, 70. Would have been five. I'd be 70. Yeah, 77 or whatever. 76. Yeah, anyways. 88. So. Maddie. So the three that the three dates I will give you are the three, three dates, dates of the ones that I have been, you know, fighting with. One of them was, um, shit, I actually don't have the date here. Anyway, it was 2008. The other one, 1992. And then the third one is 1971. Nine, so 2008. Yes. 1992 which would have been july 22nd 1992 july and, of 92 and then march 8th 1971 okay so is is 71 the the series between canada and russia or is that 72 that's 72 so i will the ones that i eliminated were t- 2008 that was and i eliminated this one because i still got to watch it and it made me a tennis fan. It was the Nadal Federer final at Wimbledon. No, like, whatever. It was unreal. <laughs> Jimmy and me were glued to that shit to the point we went out after that and bought a tennis game for the 360 because we were just, we were in. The other one that I eliminated was March 8th, 1971. The fight of the century, Ali Frazier won. Okay, fair enough. Okay. The, the famous knockdown, he's standing over him, the famous Ali shot. I eliminated that one. See highlights. The one I went with and I picked is almost unfair because it was never seen. It was July 22nd, 1992, and it was called The Greatest Game Nobody Ever Saw. And it was the U.S. men's basketball team, Team Jordan versus Team Magic Johnson where they played apparently the greatest basketball game ever played, like heated, competitive. Like it was absolutely unreal. And you only hear fables of it. And you never see anything from it because it was never televised, never nothing, obviously because of the practice. But they said like the people that were there and the players that were involved in that game said it is the single greatest basketball game that they had ever played and witnessed too. So I would have gone to that. Now, is that fair? Does that work within the rules? Because uh, it was I mean, never it's, it's just televised. a time machine. People were there. Yeah. You know, you didn't say how you would attend. You would just say if you could go back and go to attend it. So that's what I would have picked is that that basketball game. Well, you, also consider even if you had to like buy a ticket, obviously this wasn't a ticketed event. Yeah. But if you if you even had to bribe somebody, I'm sure you could take a thousand dollars and now, go down yeah. there and do it and they'd be like a thousand dollars you got it buddy like whatever you want <laughs> like, no they'd look at it and be like what's this fucking colored money it's plastic <laughs> well that's a good point too <laughs> right that, so, that, that could end up being a problem right but i i picked that just because it's like i said it's it's one of those things where i can see highlights of that fight with frazier and ali i can you know rewatch highlights of that whole match of Nadal Federer even some of the Masters ones that I was thinking of like Tiger Woods and some of these hockey games like I saw Vancouver like I wasn't there but I watched it on TV so I got to witness it in some way 
But this is something that, like I said, it's legendary tales from some of these players come out about this game. You know, I just realized, Maddie, and I think you've broken time travel for me now. Why? That I've never considered like the the, the financial, financial situation. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about they, that. How? They do they do in Back to the Future when Doc opens up the thing and he's opens got all the, the briefcase. money. Yeah. And yeah. he gives the money the of the time money. period to Marty. Right, but like where the fuck am I getting that from? Like you yeah, you can't do that easily nowadays, especially. Well, right? once you start but, time traveling, you realize that you need it, so then you do it. What if you like consistently time travel like a lot? So I go back to last year and I grab a bunch of dollar bills I can find or whatever from 2021. Then I go back to 2020 and like you just keep going back one year. Well, no, you just go and tell tell yourself that you need to save these. No, you can't tell yourself. That's just breaking the timeline rules. No, but he did that when he against his own advice. But the thing is, okay, but you have to remember. You have to remember what Rhodey said in Avengers that Back to the Future is bullshit. <laughs> Fuck Rhodey. He, he was, uh, no, I'm, I'm uh, not going to spoil it or nothing. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I will yeah. say about that the best thing to do in that situation is you bring your iPhone with you and you show people that age. And then you'd be like, you want to see something crazy? And you'd be like, woo, give me five bucks. bucks to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to immediately start working and making money. Yeah, as right. a magician, immediately. Yeah, I'd be like, watch, I can capture you in my pocket and record what you're I doing. I know what's going to happen in this next. I mean, sports yeah. betting is the way to do it. Great sports almanac. It probably is. Like, you, you'd have to j- just go back. So if you want to go back to 1971, like, just go back to 1950, place a big bet, throw it into a, a, an investment, and then when you go back to 1971, all that money's there for you. Yeah. Right. And then here's the thing, though, is, like, morally, I would like to say I wouldn't break, you know, the economy in that way, but I would totally fucking go full Bliff Tannen. Um, I, I kind of just want to quickly throw one out there. As you mentioned that boxing fight, it reminded me, fuck, I probably should have said the Ultimate Fighter fina- uh, finale of Steph oh, Bonner, Forrest Griffin. Yeah, that, that, was, a good one that was cool as shit. That was. But nevertheless, while that may be probably one of the best fights of all time, I mean, my favorite fight of all time, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Okay, I don't know if it's even playing right now because I can't hear it, but it is everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. Sometimes. We, sometimes. It's in our heads. We're there. At, at this point, it's in our soul, and that's where music belongs. Um, I am going to go with, I think for the first time ever, gentlemen, the first time ever I am th- using my shout out for a non-human and that GPT, n- a non-living thing. And my shout out goes to BD1. BD1 is your droid. companion droid that you uh, c- travel oh. with in Jedi Survivor. And let me tell you how many times BD saved my ass with a stim and how many times that BD was there to like unlock a door for me or some shit. Uh, Incredible stuff. That game is just so much fun, and they really nailed a lot of things. And just having that companion droid with you, I think, is just one small little detail. I can't wait for 
Disney World or Disneyland, one of the two, to finally have a BD droid available to build. So you can go down there to um, the planet Batu and build a R2 unit or a B or BB unit. I want a BD unit. Okay. Once they fucking get one of those things, I'm going to have one of those guys rolling around here all the time. So my shout out goes to BD one. Jim. My shout out goes to Lionel Messi of Inter Miami for basically having the most scripted ending to a game (laughs) in that league's cup or whatever it is. The dude. Okay. The guy comes in off the bench, right? Uh, As a, as a uh, sub and 93rd minute and 55 seconds he gets a free kick outside the box and the man scores to win the game in his first game for inter miami like you couldn't you can't write this shit like it was it's destiny for that kind of shit to happen after all the fanfare the the press conference the fireworks whatever this man goes and scores a free kick outside the box to win the game which i mean he's the goat so Lionel Messi, shout out for hell of a debut and A, making Pink even cooler and, you know, giving Inter Miami their first, their first win in 400 games. I kind of want that black jersey, to be honest, the black with the pink trim. That's, that's sexy. But yeah, scripted moment. That was unreal. Like You were messaging in the other court with like a couple other people going back and forth. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? So then I had to start watching highlights. That's unreal. Um, my shout out goes to Brian Harmon winning the open championship, essentially led for three straight days. Actually, where was it all four? Um, just an absolutely insane round or uh, insane tournament. Um, you know, a guy who's not necessarily terrible, but been around it a little bit and, you know, goes out and gets the win and just absolutely dominates the field in an epic, epic um tournament so my shout outs to him for winning his first major and as james mentioned the messy shout out i think it's also worth mentioning a big shout out to the canadian women's soccer team that are currently playing in the women's world cup right now i know we didn't talk at all about the women's world cup and that is because all the games happen at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning and we got work to go to Canada is playing Ireland on Wednesday morning, and it's funny that I'm going to Ireland in like four days. A quick preview for what you're in for, I guess. Yeah, no, a colliding of worlds there. Yeah, it's fate. I mean, it's like I plan this shit. Well, we plan to go up next week with another episode of 43.6. Maddie won't be here, but James and I will be breaking down all the sports topics. And maybe drop in some wrestling things, too. Who knows? You're going to have to tune in to find out uh, on the next episode of 43.6. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other.